Welcome to Spew Spectrum People Enjoying Wizardry. I'm Quirinus, and I have Asperger's Syndrome. I'm Lavender, and my daughter, Abby Cadabby, has nonverbal autism. And I now call this 27th meeting of Spew to order. Hello, Lavender. Hello, Queerness. How are you? I'm doing good, I guess. <laughs> Any new business on your end? Not really. My brother got a girlfriend, and so now he's never home, and now he won't play with me, and I'm bored. No, oh, that's the worst. <laughs> what you guys got going on? Um, not, not too terribly much yet. Some stuff that's in the works. Um, Abby Cadabby did have her EEG this past week, the one that got rescheduled. Mm-hmm. We had it this past Monday, and they we had to do a sedation, right? Mm-hmm. And it went about as well as I could have hoped for. There was no issues that came up or anything. However, she was sedated, you know, from 10.30 in the morning until about 6.30 at night. She didn't sleep at all. Monday night. That's a long time. Yeah, like, I mean, she literally did not sleep at all Monday night, and so she was up all day Tuesday as well, and uh, long story short, her sleep schedule has just been off a little bit since then, (laughs) but we'll get it back. I've been playing the new Zynga spells and puzzles game i don't remember what it's called the 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 new zynga match three harry potter game android version is available for the people who pre-registered for it Mm -hmm. and it's not good but i can't stop playing it we'll talk about it later it's it's addictive i guess i like colored gems (laughs) (laughs) important dates today Probably September 1st is Back to Hogwarts. Yep. Happy Back to Hogwarts Day. Letters should be arriving by Al if you haven't got one already. It's a little late if you haven't received your letter yet. (laughs) Birth dates. Hermione Granger is September 19th. Ollivander was born September 25th. Quirrell was born September 26th. Some deaths. September 2nd. When Grigorovich died. Let me see if we get Grindelwald killed Grigorovich, right? Um, no, didn't didn't Voldemort? Did Voldemort kill him? There's too many G names, and I didn't really realize that these were two different characters until long after I first read the books. Yeah, same here, actually. And then also sometime in September is when Grindelwald did the giant ring of death thing and Lita and some guy named Kral died. Oh yeah. You know, we just watched this the other day. <laughs> Lita Lestrange's whole character was pointless. Why even introduce her? I, I, I don't get it. I don't know. Like, there's there was a lot of stuff that was set up in the first movie that was just kind of like thrown away. And I think this kind of all wraps into the plan, the idea that she originally pitched this as a trilogy, and then Warner Brothers is the one that, like, stretched it out to five movies. Mm, that makes sense. So, 
I think some of the weird stuff from the second movie is because they were, I don't know, partly cliffhangers, partly something that should have happened in the first one. I don't know. Maybe these are things that should have happened in the middle of the second one. Maybe she's just adding stuff to stretch it out to five movies. I think they just wanted to get Zoe Kravitz in on the Harry Potter franchise, which I'm not mad about. I love Zoe Kravitz, but man, they could have done so much with her character. Uh, I think just in general, by stretching this out to five movies, Warner Brothers made major mistakes. I agree. Especially now with two of the stars and the author being horrible people, and now we're only three movies into the five movie series. We'll talk about that later, too. So what is our main topic for today, Queerness? So today, since it is back to Hogwarts Day, I thought I'd let you do the talking this week and talk about virtual learning. Mm-hmm. So virtual learning is, <laughs> I want to call it a phenomenon happening across the entire country. <laughs> So in the time of the coronavirus, you know, it's not exactly safe for kids to go back to school. I fully recognize that, that truth, that it's not, it's really still not safe here in America, at least, for kids to go back to school. Boy, is it not stopping some school districts. Yeah, some school districts are going back. As a matter of fact, in the county that I'm in, all, pretty much all of the surrounding counties, I believe, are doing in-person learning instead of virtual learning, but their in-person classes just started back just a couple weeks ago, and there's already reported cases, and kids, teachers, other staff having to quarantine, and it's kind of a big fail. It's just a miserable fail. (laughs) (laughs) So while I fully understand that virtual learning in this day and age right now is necessary, our best option, It's not an option for everybody. I don't know. I think the best option is just to hold all the kids back a year. See, I I have to agree with you, honestly. I, I really do. I mean, some kids do really well with virtual learning. I have a younger cousin who opted to do homeschool virtual learning, Mm -hmm. and she's doing great with it. For some kids, it really is the best option. But like I said, it's not for everybody. So if you have a child or there's a child in your family that's kind of like Abby Cadabby, who has an IEP and is in exceptional education, we all know that this is not working for our kids. <laughs> I wonder what the the idea of there are definitely some kids that can definitely do virtual learning and some kids that it just doesn't work for. What the possibility of having like most of the kids doing virtual learning and then you have more classrooms available to spread out the kids that need to do in-person learning. So it's funny that you kind of mentioned that actually because in our district they just rolled out a plan to kind of go back to in-person learning for certain kids mm-hmm. and in phases. Mm-hmm. So we got a call, our family got a call that Abby Cadabby would be invited to go back to in-person learning in about a month from now, from the time of this posting, September mm-hmm. 1st, in about a month. And at first I was really excited. I was like, yes, <laughs> sign, sign us up, please. And and then I found out later on some parent boards for my county, for my district, that yes, they are going to be offering in-person learning for about 1,500 of the exceptional education kids. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> big however, and this was not mentioned to me in the initial phone call, that it probably will not be at your kids' zoned school. Mm. 
nor with their normal teacher or their normal parapro, their one-on-one aide mm. or therapist or anything. Right. It's going to be, they're going to try to, since it's not that many kids, I guess, to begin with, they're only going to do it at certain schools. And of course, they're going to provide transportation to those certain schools. But in our case, we don't use the school provided transportation for Abby Cadabby. We don't use buses. I've always taken her to school and somebody's always picked her up. Right. So that's a big transition in and of itself, trying to get on transportation. And then to put these kids in a school that isn't their zoned school with their normal teacher, and then expecting them to eventually transition back to their normal school with a new teacher and a new parapro, that's just a lot of unnecessary transition and changes that are just that. They're unnecessary and wouldn't be cohesive to a learning environment. Maybe, maybe not. That's a, I, uh, I mean, I, I strongly feel like Abby would not do well with that. <laughs> but would it be better than trying to do virtual learning? Would it be better than trying to do virtual learning? Probably. Because I have a little secret for you, queerness. <laughs> I have, um, I as a parent have not very much been participating in virtual learning, nor have I been making Abby. Mm. It, it doesn't work. The software that we use is crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just mildly put, it's crap. The And they want us to use multiple platforms, like four, like four or five platforms that don't really interact with each other. Mm. So if you think you have English class in one software program and you click on it and they say, oh no, find the link for this and then scroll down and and click this and input a different username and password than the other five that you already have. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no way, there's no way that, number one, Abby could do this on her own. Right. There is no way. And I think the same could be said probably about some of the general education kids, the younger general education right. kids especially. Right. If you can't read and you can't type, how are you supposed to do virtual learning? Right. And that's kind of like, just like. In general, like middle school and high school, this is probably fine for, but any kind of special education and younger kids, this is probably just a nightmare. Yeah. And, you know, and I keep wanting to come back and say, as much as I am griping about virtual learning for my kid, I understand why this decision was made and I appreciate the gravity of the situation. It's just, it is what it is and it doesn't work for all kids. Also, in this process... I've learned of several, like, what they call special day schools that are specifically for kids with IEPs. I've learned of several of them in my district that I have never heard of before. Mm. Like, just never even heard their names. Interesting. I mean, when I was a kid, I went to school in this district that Abby is in, so it's it's really surprising to me. Well, when you really look into, like, how many schools are actually in a district, there's a lot more than you'd expect. Oh, yeah. Our district is very large. That is true. But they're not far. They're like, I mean, they're not close, but they're not far. It's just, it's just, it, it's wild to me. And then not only are we doing, you know, virtual learning, but for kids with IEPs like Abby, they're doing virtual therapy. Ugh. And if you can't tell by my voice, this one makes me roll my eyes even harder than the thought of virtual learning. <laughs> Sounds like robots trying to be therapists (laughs) that might almost work better robots are relatable trying to do a speech therapy session via mm -mm, (laughs) it's miserable i 
actually just last week I requested that we pull Abby out of virtual learning and just do, you know, like regular paper packets at home that work towards her IEP goals. And I would, you know, I would talk to her teacher regularly and all of her therapists and let them know her progress. Like I can take data. Right. I've been doing this for a long time. I know how to take data and what you guys are looking for. (laughs) Going a more traditional, almost like homeschooling route. Yeah, kind of. And I was told no. (laughs) Unless I wanted to completely pull out. Right. Which then would be a nightmare. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because then you have to get back in. Yeah, and try to get all the services that she currently receives, which I've already fought for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we'd have to fight for them all over again. We run the risk of her not being approved for them. Mm -hmm. Another thing is just, you know, a big component of virtual learning is having like a live live stream feed, you know, like a FaceTime Mm -hmm. almost. Abby does not care about FaceTime a bit. (laughs) If I try to video call her, like if she's at her dad's on the weekend, and if I try to video call her, she does not care. (laughs) she cares enough to see her (laughs) her face on the screen and then she's not interested anymore she she doesn't i don't know if she i'm sure she registers that it's me on the other end of the screen but she just doesn't care (laughs) because it's not in person now are the teachers smart enough to use puppets of course they're teachers teachers use puppets not in not that i have seen i have not seen any puppets got anything else to talk about just that this wasn't very well planned (laughs) either that um that the virtual learning aspect wasn't very I feel like and I can only speak for my district but based off what I've seen well they from only other had districts, like 2 months to really figure it out yes but it kind of seemed like they waited till very like they assumed that we would be doing in person learning come the beginning of the year like they were just like oh this will blow over and we'll be back to in-person learning there was a lot of assumptions that this would only last a couple months and yes People assuming that is the reason it didn't. Exactly. Is the reason that we're still in this situation. They thought, oh, this will just blow over. (laughs) It's a flu. (laughs) And it didn't. And I feel like the districts were like, oh, maybe we should have had a plan. Like, just a plan B. Just in case. Especially for exceptional education. That was definitely thrown together last minute. And I know that for a fact. (laughs) At least in my district. Yeah, but they're always the last group to figure out what's going on that's not a good enough excuse for me it's just not as a as a parent you know i have to be prepared Mm -hmm. so should so should our school administration so for back to hogwarts i found the pottermore back to hogwarts quiz hard and boy are these questions hard so i actually grabbed a couple of them because boy are they hard so we thought they should be shared (laughs) I thought they should be shared. I also don't really know why they think these are back to Hogwarts questions, but here's the first one. Of which Hogwarts house is Terry Boot a member? What do you think of that one? I don't think that one's too hard. Okay. What is it then? Now I'm questioning myself. I think I think it's Ravenclaw, but if not, it's, it's a Hufflepuff. I, it's... <laughs> it is Ravenclaw. That one is one that is <sighs> like, I don't know why it's easy, because I don't think it should be easy, because I'm pretty sure he's only mentioned in one sentence in the first book. <laughs> Might be exaggerating or under-exaggerating. I was about to say, I remember him sprinkled a couple times. And then I came across this one, and I'm just like, no one knows this. What year was Ollivander's founded? Mm, you are correct. I didn't, pff, nobody knows this. It's definitely in the books. 
It's like every time Ollivanders is mentioned, like any time they're in Diagon Alley, I'm pretty sure they mention it because it says it on the sign. Oh, well, nope, don't know. Do you, what is it? What is it, Queerness? 382 BC. Mm, see, I would have got it wrong. All right. And this is the one that we're going to go to our break on. This is who says this quote. My name was down for Eaton, you know. Can't tell you how glad I am I came here instead. We'll be right back. This is Jeffrey, the financial advisor for Spew at Glingotts Bank. And now we return to Spew. All right, Lavender. Whose name was down for Eaton? Can I get a multiple choice? Yes. The multiple choice is Cormac McLagan, Ernie McMillan, Draco Malfoy, or Justin Finch Fletchley. Oh, this only helped me marginally. <laughs> I am going to say... I must say that the first person who came to my mind was not on this list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, and three of them that came to my mind are on this list. Oh, really? Okay. That, <laughs> that's why it only helps me marginally. Um, Cormac McClacken. No, it is Justin Finch Fletchley. This was Chamber of Secrets mm-hmm. because, yes, Justin Flinch Fletchley is the one that the snake goes after. And the reason everyone thinks that Harry's the heir is because he oh, he tells right. him this and then he sticks the snake on him. That's right. Because he was a muggle-born. Yeah. Oh, should have used my context clues. <laughs> Yeah, that one's definitely, like, context clues. As soon as I saw the names, I knew it. Because for some reason, I was thinking it was Colin. Oh, really? But then as soon as I... Well, I, I was thinking Colin, I'm going, it's not Colin, though. That That's not right. I just remember that they were very... Whoever it was, was very pompous. Pompous? Pompous would be the word. Yeah, that's the vibe I got from that the conversation he had. That is not the vibe had. I got from the conversation. I got a very Colin-like vibe. Of just being excited to be there. No, I got a very pompous vibe from him. And that's why ultimately I went with Cormac. (laughs) Mm. Okay. All right. Getting into our news. Mm -hmm. So since September 1st is back to Hogwarts and it's normally traditional for people to crowd into King's Cross Station at 11 o'clock, the Wizarding World website is trying to dissuade this by doing a live stream from 10.30 to 11.30 local time, which is like 4 a.m. central time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this live stream is going to involve the Phelps twins, Jason Isaacs, and Bonnie Wright, which James and Oliver Phelps are like, they always go to all of these things. Jason Isaacs is interesting. He doesn't show up to these as often. Bonnie Wright shows up to like every other one Mm -hmm. the two names that aren't on this list i'm kind of surprised on because they also show up to like all of them is warwick davis and ivana lynch Mm -hmm. moving on dan fogler has lost a hundred pounds since the first fantastic beast films wow congratulations to him i'm not really sure why this is news but right (laughs) also there are rumors as to what might happen with Fantastic Beast franchise going forward. They are still planning on pushing forward with the third one as is, as most all movie studios are at this point just trying to finish the films they have in production so that they can get them out. However, based on how well the third film does, there are rumors of just 
cutting the series short. There are rumors of just doing the fourth movie as the final movie just so that they can end it. But the interesting rumor is that they are apparently in talks with HBO Max to possibly finish the series off as a limited run series. Hmm. Do you think the third movie will bomb? Um, well, the second one did, and then all this crap happened. I mean, unless a lot of anti-trans people decide to go see this movie, just because. Hmm. Moving on, J.K. Rowling decided to sail her private yacht around Iceland during Pride Month and visited the Icelandic Sorcery and Witchcraft Museum. (laughs) And that news just... She's still doing her thing. There was a poster that was put up at Edinburgh Railway Station that said, I love J.K. Rowling. It was paid for by an anti-trans rights group for £1,200. It was then immediately removed for violating the station rule on posters of political nature. So, (laughs) they took the money and took it down. (laughs) I hate that she's a, you know, quote-unquote political figure now. And not the good kind. That's the... Because as much as she claims that she isn't anti-trans and is just trying to get a more nuanced conversation, that is not the people she is attracting. Also, back in December, she was awarded the Ripple of Hope Award by the Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights Foundation. And so earlier this month, the president of the foundation, Carrie Kennedy, posted a statement that said... I have spoken with J.K. Rowling to express my profound disappointment that she has chosen to use her remarkable gifts to create a narrative that diminishes the identity of trans and non-binary people, undermining the validity and integrity of the entire transgender community. Because of this statement, Rowling has announced she is returning the award, saying, I am deeply saddened that they have felt compelled to adopt this stance, but no award or honor, no matter my admiration for the person for which it is named, means so much to me that I would forfeit the right to follow the dictates of my own conscience. Wow. So. Well, there you go. All right. That's all the J.K. Rowling crap. Let's talk about this Zynga game. (laughs) Shiny jewels. So Harry Potter Puzzles and Spells, like I said, is finally released to some players on Google Play. It is a, so it's a match three game, but not really. The way, you, you don't earn points for just matching three. The goal is to match three next to a specific object or goal. You can also make different shapes Like if you make an L shape or match four in a row or five in a row, you get different power-ups and then you can use those power-ups to try to solve the puzzle. These power-ups are not spells. This is the confusing part here. So like the power-ups, there are flying keys that will like go and grab one of your goals for you. There is a bag of Birdie Bot's beans that will basically collect all of a single color. Hmm. So, like, there are objects. There is some spells that, are like, will take the entire row. But then the spells that you actually unlock are... I'm not really sure why you unlock them, because they are puzzle-dependent. So you go to a puzzle, and you have to use a spell to complete the puzzle. And so you have to collect so much of these weird 
orbs to get enough magic to cast said spell. It's kind of confusing. Oh, I was about to say that, yes. And another thing that's kind of confusing is this is licensed under Portkey Games. Portkey Games, their whole thing is that these games are not supposed to just rehash the Harry Potter stories. They're supposed to be a new experience so that the player can be brought into the world. So they act like they're doing that. Like you create your own character and then you play through Harry Potter's story. (laughs) Right now, it just covers the first book. But they use the wrong Flitwick and Fat Lady. They use their appearance as they appear in the third movie and later, rather than how they appear in the first movie. Okay. (laughs) You don't understand how much that bothers me. Well, first off, the Fat Lady was, like, recast, and I don't know why they would do such a thing. Do you know the whole thing with Flitwick? Uh, no, I guess not. Did you even realize he's different? No. (laughs) So, in the first movie, Flitwick is this half goblin fluffy white hair thing Mm -hmm. Uh played by Warwick Davis and then in the third movie the director says I don't really have a spot for Flitwick but I want to work with Warwick Davis I need a choir director so they bring Warwick Davis in create a new character for him with the bowl cut and the mustache (gasps) and he is now for the next two movies is the choir director and then when the final director comes in he just keeps him as Flitwick Oh, my goodness. Okay. Now I know. Oh, you're right. I see it now. Yeah. Now the Harry Potter fan club has finally announced their pin-seeking collection. This was something that was teased when they first announced the gold membership thing. That you that gold members would get 20% off these pins, but that these pins would be at various different locations and stuff. I'm assuming they mean like at Cursed Child and at the the behind-the-scenes museums and all that kind of stuff. So far, that's not been announced yet. They are starting this collection with house-specific pins. So the starter set is $55, and you get six pins. Five of these pins are going to be available for $10 a piece, and so they are the house Banner, the house crest, the house ghost, which is glow in the dark, except for some baffling reason, they replaced the Gryffindor ghost with the fat lady and it does not glow in the dark. Then there's a scarf that has the sorting hat's description of the house on it. And then the final one is a item specific to each house that has a few like keywords, like brave sticking off from it. So you've got the sword of Gryffindor, Ravenclaw's diadem, Hufflepuff's cup. I want to take a wild guess as to what item they've included for Slytherin. Uh, a snake? <laughs> nope. I was assuming the Slytherin locket, because it would fit right in with the other items. Mm, true. But no, for some baffling reason, they chose the Gaunt family ring. <laughs> and then the final pin that's included in the starter set is going to be, it's like the head of the mascot for each house. And this pin will only be available in the starter set. And just a side note, the Ravenclaw one is actually an eagle. And then they've also announced a Back to Hogwarts pin that's currently available for $15, and it's the Hogwarts Express. Interesting. Are you a big pin collection fan? Um, I want to be, but they're expensive. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I was just sitting here thinking. Oh, when I went to Disney, I spent $50 on pins. It did not intend to. Was not the plan. It's what happened. Hagrid's Magical Creature Motorbike Adventure on August 11th caught fire. Oh. It was a behind-the-scenes fire in one of the equipment cabinets, which I'm assuming is like one of like the control system things. The ride was evacuated and was closed until the 17th. So six days this ride was closed from this fire. This this ride seems to just have some problems. Well, a lot of theme park rides have problems, especially when they're like the most advanced ride ever made, which is every yeah. time there's a new one. When Disney opened, nothing worked. But but John, but but John, if the if Pirates of the Caribbean break down, the pirates don't eat the guests. <laughs> So there's your second Jurassic Park reference two weeks in a row. Me. All right. We got a couple more brand crossovers. The Harry Potter plus Vera Bradley collection. So this is a series of bags, mostly. They have a Hogwarts crest and a house version of their main collection. So it's a solid color bag with the crest of whichever house or the Hogwarts crest on it. Which the house animals crest thing that they chose is basically just a reverse image so you got two of the same animal on it it looks weird i don't Mm -hmm. get why they did it this is what vera bradley is about (laughs) they used the silver raven instead of the bronze eagle and it's not even one that's been used like from the movies it looks like a brand new drawing i'm i don't get it um but you can get a backpack with a wand pocket a zipper id case with rfid blocking a lunchbox, or they have just a lanyard that just has the t- color stripes on it. And then the Gryffindor in Hogwarts collection also has additional bags and totes and duffels. And then there's another collection that has a Vera Bradley exclusive print, and this has the Hogwarts crest, glasses, an owl on it, and a snitch with leaves. It's very... I don't know what decade this reminds me of. The 30s? But that's available in bags and robes and tumblers and umbrellas and notebooks. Goodness. And then the Harry Potter X Case Swiss collection is expanded. So the first one they released was the broomstick one that was just like weird brown and black. Mm-hmm. Now they have house inspired shoes. So like with the vans collection there's a different model of shoe for each house but then there's also the house quidditch shoes that are all in the court pro 2 style so total of eight shoes that come in four colors pretty snazzy now let's talk about films that are upcoming so Mm-hmm. We've got The Comey Rule. This is a two-day miniseries on Showtime uh, running September 27th and 28th about Donald Trump and Comey. And it stars Brendan Gleeson, who played Mad-Eye Moody, as Donald Trump. I'm so excited for this. His, his portrayal is quite accurate, but at the same time, much darker and eviler and more competent. It was so spooky. I went, as a matter of fact, we, my fiance and I, we went to the bar last night and saw some of our friends and I showed all of them. Wait, 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 go back. Fiance now. When did that happen? Oh, that happened Christmas. Oh, okay. Continue. (laughs) You know, we, we were engaged and then 
four hours later, we had a sickly flu where we almost died. Oh, <laughs> it was not. So that kind of put a damper on things. We didn't really tell everybody at first. Yeah, no, I showed this to everybody at the bar and oh, I have so many people excited about this right now. Everybody got goosebumps when he was like, let's take a picture. Oh my gosh. I seriously cannot wait. I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. <laughs> he also got the first trailer for The Batman, which is releasing October 1st, which is starring Robert Pattinson as Vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Zoe Kravitz is playing Selena Kyle, and Colin Farrell, who played Percival Graves, is playing Oswald Cobblepot. So, there's a lot of Wizarding World people in this movie. I know. And so, this month, there was a fan project released entitled Harry Potter and the Deathly Weapons. This project took the creator five years, and they replaced all of the wands, plus some, in Sorcerer's Stone with guns. Oh. There's 175 new special effects shots in a 169-minute movie. Warner Brothers took it down within a day. This is absolutely insane. There is a trailer that is still available for it, and it is just absolutely bonkers and fascinating. Here's what the creator actually has said about it. Though this project started as a tasteless joke in the wake of mass shootings and other daily horrors, we have to ask ourselves if Hollywood pushes guns too hard. If gun owners in society really just value guns for their use or just for their sexiness. We've made it cool to pull out a gun and empty a clip real quick or reload in slow motion. But at the end of the day, sexy or not, a gun is a machine designed to kill. It has one purpose. Watch Harry Potter and the Deathly Weapons to see how easy it is to push guns into a Hollywood film. See how ridiculous the notion of guns in schools look and understand how magic isn't real, but gun violence is. And then they link to a whole bunch of different studies and organizations related to anti-gun violence and stuff. So they took an absolutely bonkers thing and tried to use it for good. Wow. Five years. (laughs) The special effects are good. Like, these are, like, good. Like, they spent a long time on every single one of these shots. Watching Dumbledore shoot out the streetlights rather than using the deluminator, like they went that far with it. Like you don't see the light flying back; it's just the glass shatters. So like these are intense special effects shots, not just putting guns in people's hands. Oh goodness. Okay. So let's move on to autism news. So August sixth, we have a unfortunate Walt Disney World story. Family was told that a seven-year-old girl with autism could not enter the park if she did not wear her mask. Which this is, I kind of feel like this is kind of the family's fault because Disney's policy has been from the beginning that there is no exceptions, Mm -hmm. even though the county they're in does have exceptions for special cases. Disney does not. Prior to reading this, my thought on having medical reason to not wear a mask that you probably shouldn't just be in public anyway. Yeah, if you have medical issues, you yeah. You're like the last person that should be running around without a mask. But then to say that autism is one of those medical cases as an exception, I really don't know what to think of that. I guess I don't really have an issue with wearing a mask, so it doesn't really affect me. Abby won't wear a mask. We've tried, and we've tried to, like, you know, increase the time that she'll actually wear it. Like, we really are trying to get better, but she's still not a fan. But this also doesn't affect us too much either because we didn't really go many places before. So 
they when we when we had to go for her EEG this past Monday, we had to wear masks. The parents did, mm-hmm. but she was not required to wear a mask. And we just like, whew, we zoomed straight back to the room. We didn't have to wait in a waiting room or anything. They just put us right in the room and we just couldn't leave mm-hmm. until it was time to leave. But just also want to point out that this is not the only instance of this. There was the day before there was a girl who a six-year-old with autism that was that was kicked out of a London Disney store for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Got a little bit of a more positive note. About 0.7% of children in China have autism and 1.15% in Greece. And the reason this is a good thing is these countries are now falling in line with the prevalence data that most of the rest of the world has. So they are actually diagnosing at a... At the proper rate. At a, at a normal rate, yeah. That's all the news I've got. Mm-hmm. If you want to join our conversation, uh, we'll be starting Order of the Phoenix soon. If you find metaphors you would like to share with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us a owl mail at spewcast at gmail.com. You can also leave us a howler, which you can send in that email or you can click the link in the description or in the u.s you can give us a call at 407-706-SPEW that's 407-706-7739 you can also follow us on spewpod.uk is our website we are also on twitter at spectrum people is our handle facebook.com slash spewcast or on instagram at spewpod and of course tiktok at spewcast And as always, we want to thank Joan Burr for our theme music. Until next time, I'm Queerness. And I'm Lavender. And as Luna Lovegood says, don't worry, you're just as sane as I am. Bye. Bye.